Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day doing whatever it is that you do, wherever it is that you are. And you know what? Um, this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about generational differences and how it affects sexual integrity, porn consumption, all that kind of stuff. One of the things that I wanted to uh, just say before we get in is a big thank you to those of you who are listening. You're the only reason I do this. <laughs> I don't do this to you know feel good about myself or to get on my soapbox. I really do this for the listeners. So thank you to those who have been listening, those of you who have shared episodes, who have been referring this to other people, uh, those of you who have left comments, ratings, reviews. It means the world to me. And if you really want to help other guys get free, one of the best things you can do is just to leave a rating or a review or share this podcast with somebody that you think would benefit from it. That helps us get the word out, it helps us reach more people, and ultimately it helps us set more guys free of sexual addiction and porn addiction. And for that, I will be forever grateful. That's really what we're all about here. Um, Without further ado, though, I am really excited to get into the content today. So, uh, you know, the last probably 10, 20 years, people have started to do more research on generational differences. And you know, we've known this for centuries. There are differences in generations. And of course, every single generation, you know, um, complains about the next generation and how they're so lucky to have this and that. And, you know, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. And so these are like normal patterns that have existed for a very long time. But what's happening now is we are getting extensive research on some of the differences that exist across generations. And it's really quite insightful. And, and ultimately, you know, this information is meant to help us lead better. It's meant to help us interact and relate better. And it's hopefully meant to make us better parents. And in this case, it, hopefully it means that we have better solutions for getting free of porn and living lives of sexual integrity. That's what this is all about. And that's kind of where we're going today. Now, let me just start by identifying the different generations that we're discussing here. So uh, there's really five generations that exist right now that people are actively researching. The first is traditionalists or the silent generation. They are born 1945 and before, which means they are at least 76 years old at the time of this podcast. Okay, 76 and older. So for me, that would be my grandparents. Um, okay, baby boomers are the next one, and they are born 1946, so that's the age 75, all the way to 1964, which is 57. So 57 to 75-year-olds, that is the, those are the baby boomers. So my parents both fall into that category. Not sure about your parents, uh, but mine are definitely there. The next is Generation X. Now, this is a much smaller um, generational category, and they made that because, or they made that difference because the baby boomers were really so unique, um, you know, the post kind of war people. And Gen X didn't quite fit there, but they're not quite millennials. So they've made this, this sort of interim one. And a Gen X are people that are born 1965 to 1976. So that means they are anywhere from 45 years old to 56 years old, 45 to 56. 
Next is millennials, of which I am proudly one. That's right, I am proudly a millennial. Uh, millennials were born in 1977 to 1995, which means they are anywhere from, uh, let me get this right, 26 years old to 44. 26 to 44. And Gen Z are those born 1996 to 2015, okay? So those who are 25 years old at the oldest or at the very youngest, six years of age. They are all considered Gen Z. So those are the age groups that we're working at and working with rather. And just so you know, when I say Gen Z or millennials or whatever, those are the age groups I'm referring to. Now, you know, the lines might be a bit blurred. They might be give or take a year, but that's roughly kind of what we're going with. So here's some interesting things. Uh, the biggest separators between uh, really all generations are three primary elements. There are three primary categories, and they are parenting, technology, and economics. Parenting, technology, and economics. And each of these categories massively affects porn consumption and I'm going to talk about why. So think about parenting. Okay, parenting among Gen Z, parenting differences between millennials versus uh, baby boomers versus Gen X. They all have their own style. They all have their own perception of what's right, what's wrong, and it shapes the children that they raise. Now, I'll give you a great example. Uh, one of the primary complaints about millennials is that we are entitled. And the reason that we are seen that way or that we kind of get that rap is because we were raised by parents who were a lot softer with us, a lot gentler with us, kind of the participation, medal approach, which meant that we were rewarded even when maybe we didn't deserve it necessarily or we were over-rewarded um, and under-punished. Those are you know, certain ways to frame it. There's lots of different vernacular around this. But the, the general perception there is that um, millennials are entitled and there's a direct correlation with parenting because the major parenting philosophies of the generations that raised millennials were uh, don't, don't push the kid, don't overextend them, set them up with the comforts of life. So parenting has a major effect. Now, if we take this another step, so I'm a millennial and I, let's say I grow up under this kind of philosophy, which I would say is, is true to certain extents. Well, when you grow up under this philosophy, think about how that could impact the way you handle your sex drive. So if you are just used to being cushioned by the comforts of life, if every time you're in trouble, your parents come to your rescue, if every time uh, you encounter something challenging, it's quickly removed and you don't have to maybe resolve it on your own, or you're just simply set up for a very easy life with little resistance. It's hard to develop any kind of resilience, any kind of you know, deep-seated self-control, and a sense of self that is actually well-rounded and can handle being apart from your parents and from some of the safeties and comforts that you grow up with. Now, I'd read a stat that says recently, uh, or a recent, sorry, I got my words mixed up. I read about a recent study that mentioned that 51% of millennials still live at home. 
So I think some of these claims about millennials have validity validity to it. Like I'm I'm a millennial, I'm 31. The youngest millennials that we have right now are 26. So to be 26 and living at home doesn't seem that crazy to me at least, but that would be like absurd to generations previous. Now anyway, I'm I'm going to get on a bit of a rabbit trail if I don't watch myself. But I guess the point here is that parenting really matters. Now with Gen Z, what we're seeing is that parents are raising them differently. And it is creating a generation that is actually quite responsible, um, a lot more risk averse, which is quite interesting. And I don't know that there's tons of explanations for why that is, but we for sure know that Gen Z are not big risk takers. And that's quite different than millennials because millennials in their rebellion to their parents, maybe they're coddling kind of ways or um, I would say there, there's a huge, at least in North America, there's a huge rebellion against just religious upbringing. And that was sort of the, the beginning of um, post-Christian, uh, of the post-Christian era, rather. Um, that, I think, has majorly contributed as well. Because, so millennials became very promiscuous, kind of rebellious, and, you know, just a lot more exploratory and a lot more willing to take risks and push bounds. We're finding that Gen Z is is quite the opposite. Actually, they're responsible with their money. Uh, they're not as ang- uh, not as eager to be homeowners. They're they're quite content renting. Uh, they think a lot about social justice. So it's really interesting just looking at some of these differences that I would say are heavily heavily influenced by parenting. Now, of course, the the big winner of shaping generations is technology, and. Man, I mean, th- this is something we are going to continue to unpack for quite literally generations. It- it's going to take us a long time before we really understand how much technology has shaped the way these generations are evolving and developing. But what we know is that um, millennials are the last generation on planet Earth that did not, um, that did not grow up digital native digital native. So what I mean by that is uh, millennials grew up in a world that they remember that did not have smartphones, didn't have laptops and PCs. So in 1996, that's kind of the cutoff age for baby boomers, um, computers existed, but they weren't personal. And the internet didn't really come on the scene until the late 90s. So that's pretty staggering when you think about it. You know, for me, I sometimes I'm like, Wow, there are there are people on the planet that I work with, that I relate with, that are you know full blown adults in our society that don't know what a life pre internet is like. Like it just it's crazy to me. Um, it's interesting because Gen X. So let's go a little bit further back, a little bit older. Baby Boomers and Gen X, they were really motivated by working hard um, and and really just putting your nose to the ground and getting the job done. Boomers especially. So they were the ones who, yeah, who, you know, were fam- uh, they were family people, but they were really focused on working hard, earning a living for their family. That was, that was a major emphasis. And generally speaking, boomers are, are a little bit behind in the technology category as a result. They don't see as much of the need for it. They have a way of doing it that didn't involve technology. And of course, the later you are in life, the less adaptive you are. So baby boomers kind of have that uh, maybe as a resistance or they're at least just a bit slower adapting. 
Uh, my dad is so funny because I would say my dad's actually probably more adaptive to technology than I am. Um, I feel like we've kind of reversed roles there, so I don't know why that is, but that's definitely an anomaly. Gen X, so remember Gen X is kind of that middle ground uh, between millennials and baby boomers. They were um, the most educated generation, so these guys really valued going to college, university, getting your master's, getting your PhD, uh, getting your professional graduate, uh, grads, uh, what am I saying, your professional degrees one way or another. And uh, they were kind of the generation where brand recognition, those kinds of things became really important. And you can imagine how Gen X has really actually shaped a lot of our technological developments, even in marketing and advertising. Because let's face it, when digital marketing and advertising was kind of bursting onto the scene, most of these companies and campaigns were being operated by people in Gen X. So that's really quite fascinating to me. And these guys have, I would say, in a lot of ways, shaped the way the younger generations interact with technology. They really have shaped a lot of it. Now, with technology uh, for millennials, millennials have, uh, I don't know, they, it's been a bit different for us because we grew up with the first maybe decade of our lives, roughly decade and a half, depending on your age, where technology wasn't a thing. But now a majority of our lives have been lived with technology. So we have a little bit of both and, and I think some, some different insights compared to Gen Z who are digital natives. Now, what we're seeing in porn consumption among millennials versus uh, Gen Z is not that different. And that should tell you something, you know, because I think a lot of people are concerned that because Gen Z are digital natives, they're just more likely to get engaged in porn and whatever else. That's really not true. And the average age for exposure to pornography hasn't changed much in the last 10, 15 years. It's basically stayed the same. It's about 11 to 13 years old. So some of the reasoning like, oh, you know, if kids are on their devices, they're going to get exposed at a younger age. There is definitely some truth to that. It's probably not as doomy and gloomy as people make it out to be. What's interesting to me, and, and I think this is where you have to kind of read between the lines because there's not tons of research on porn consumption amongst different generations specifically. And that's just the folly of um, our, our medical society that is yet to acknowledge porn addiction as a viable, diagnosable condition. Um, but what I'd like to do in the last few minutes here is just talk a little bit about how some of these differences between millennial and uh, millennials and Gen Z uh, are really going to come into play in porn consumption. Now, an interesting thing here, uh, Covenant Eyes did, did some research and they saw that um, even among different generations, there were, there were different perceptions about porn and whether or not it was bad. So let's not even talk about consuming it uh, because that, that is, um, of course, I would say the be-all, end-all of this. But it's interesting because, of course, the perceptions around porn as a generation will ultimately affect how people engage with it. So 59% of boomers believe that porn is bad for society, 59%. So that's, that's, a, that's a majority, right? So, so almost 60% of baby boomers are saying porn is bad. Okay, they'll get this, 44% of Gen Xers, so kind of those guys in the middle ground, they said porn is bad, but only 44% of them thought so. So 59% of boomers say porn is bad. Gen Xers, uh, 44% of them say that porn is bad. 
Millennials, it goes back up again. 51% of millennials. And then it starts to get lower and lower. So 31% of young adults, and I actually, I shouldn't say it gets lower and lower, 43% of teens think it's bad. Now, this study was done, I believe it's 2018, so a few years back. But the, the young adults, uh, teens, there's, again, it's not the, the clean separation of Gen Z and millennials, but it's, it's getting pretty close. Um, what it's showing us, though, those numbers are much lower, right? So you're hovering like in the mid-40s to high 50s um, for the previous generations, and now it's going to low 40s and even in the 30s. And what's happening, I believe, is that in the over-sexualization of our culture and I would say the normalization of digital technologies, porn is starting to become normalized. So it's not necessarily that people are experiencing it younger, but it's simply that it, it is hand in hand with their technology. It's like, yeah, I have this phone, everything in my life revolves around it, and yeah, there's porn out there as well. Big deal. That's a very different experience than me. I'm a millennial. So for me, porn only existed in magazines as far as I knew. And I didn't even really know that. I didn't even find out about that until later on because there were no porn magazines in our house. So I didn't find porn that way. And that was the only way that I could have found it up until the internet, late 90s, early 2000s. That's when porn websites kind of burst on the scene and it became discoverable. And for me, it was 2001 when I stumbled across my first porn website. So there's a separation there, even just from technology and porn, because those are two separate things. Uh, Technology was not baked into my life the same way. I had to go to my computer when nobody was around and then look up the websites. Very, very different than when you are digitally native and you just know that technology is always on, on you, it's always with you, and you know that porn is always accessible on said technology. So I think that's a huge one is... The perceptions have changed because these technological devices have just become a part of our lives and we don't have anything to compare it to or, sorry, Gen Z does not have anything else to compare it to. And I find that to be really fascinating and really interesting. Another thing is that Gen Z is really passionate about social justice. So they look to get hired by companies that have those kinds of values and morals. They're more likely to support, uh, to just give their time, money, energy, and other resources to initiatives and causes that are socially um, oriented, you know, and that are really uh, driving for social change. So this is quite interesting as well, because I think what's happened recently in the, the sort of porn conversation is we are getting a huge light shone on the social injustices of the porn industry. You know, the porn industry is so perverse and even in the way it is treating people, children and and women and everything in between, it's it's grotesque. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. And I believe that Gen Z has potential to really rise up and and fight for change in the porn industry. I really believe that with all my heart. And I believe it's mainly anchored by their their fight and their high value for social justice. So those are my two predictions so far. So number one is that uh, we're going to see that as, as we find out more about Gen Z and digital natives, we're going to realize that the fact they were exposed or, or that they grew up with technology rather is going to majorly influence their perceptions around whether or not porn is bad. 
But I suppose the second prediction, which is kind of in combat to that first, is that because they have such a bend towards social justice, they will be the ones who fight for the injustices of the porn industry. Now, that might not necessarily be on a moral scale or a moral level. That might be more just on the front of um, how people are treated in the industry, child pornography, some of those elements. But it's still a good work nonetheless, and it is a step in the right direction. Now, my last prediction about Gen Z is that if they are not careful, they will be the most addicted generation to pornography. Because remember, whether or not you think porn is good or bad does not influence whether or not you're addicted to it. The same way that uh, you know previous generations, like probably Gen X and Boomers, uh, and for sure before that, they all thought smoking was cool. Remember that? Smoking was kind of the norm. Everywhere you went, people smoked. And, and there were big big marketing campaigns done to show how cool smoking was. And so smoking was this big thing. And then later on, they found out, oh, it turns out this actually kills you. And I think it's going to be very similar with porn. The perceptions right now are that porn is not that bad. But it is only a matter of time before they finally start to acknowledge that porn is a viable addiction, a diagnosable condition. And when they do that, I believe that people are going to realize, oh my gosh, we had no idea how bad this stuff was for us. We need to eliminate this and and purge this and get rid of it from our society. And I think Gen Z is probably going to be the most creative and really the front runners for uh, the most effective solutions to porn addiction. Now, I think it's going to take time to get there. And I think that the generation after them might even take that a step further. But we don't know that yet. And we won't know that yet for for decades and decades to come. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with is this. Uh, I promise we talk about solutions. So if you are uh, a baby boomer or Gen X and you're struggling with pornography, it is likely that you've struggled for a long time. It's highly unlikely that you just stumbled upon it recently. Now, the, the biggest lie that people in your space believe is that you're too far gone that you've done too much damage, it's been part of your life for too long. I want to let you know, I have seen multiple 40 and 50-year-olds recover from pornography in the last year. And I'm talking about like full-blown recovery. Like it is gone, they have gone months, they've crossed the year line, they are not looking at porn anymore after struggling decades. One of those guys came to me struggling daily. He's struggling every single day. And he's in his 50s. And, and he, is, he has cleaned his life up. He has got free of porn. So it's possible for you. And I want to encourage you with that. Now, for you, uh, if you're in this age group, your best solutions are going to be courses and programs. Courses and programs. Now, here's why. Your generations are studious. So I'm, I'm talking to Gen X and baby boomers. Your generations are studious. You guys understand what it's like to just do the work, to follow a course through. And I think you guys also just have value for a system and for a process. You guys were part of kind of the industrial revolution and and times when systems were really being established and things were learning, our companies were learning to scale these things at large. And so I think courses and and systems and programs are the best way. And uh, one of the great examples is Alcoholics Anonymous, which kind of emerged from the baby boomer generation. And it's been, I mean, profound, profoundly impactful excuse me, profoundly impactful, but I would say it is having less of an impact on the later generations. It really, the the system that it offers is specifically uh, 
I would say especially valuable for baby boomers and Gen X. Okay, let's talk about millennials. So if you're a millennial and you're, you're struggling with porn, there are a couple things you need. Number one, you need community. You need a group. You cannot do this on your own. You can't just enter this secret little private club where you try to get free of porn and nobody finds out. You need a group where you can be vulnerable, where you can have social proof of recovery. That is a huge one for millennials, social proof of recovery. Now, millennials, um, you have maybe been accused rightly or wrongly of being coddled, of being kind of the participant metal soft generation. So let me just say this uh, as a millennial myself. I think we have to acknowledge that there is truth to that. Okay, I'm, I'm not particularly defensive about those claims, but like any claim, they can be reversed, they can be edited, and they can be altered. And so my encouragement is if you find any truth of that in your own life, especially in regards to how you handle your emotional life, your relationships, how you parent, I want you to pay special attention. And what I want you to do is just take some responsibility, take some ownership, just acknowledge, okay, there's some truth to that. What can I do about it? And let me tell you, in addition to joining groups, there's something else you can do about it. And that is to join a program. Programs are great for, millenn- great for millennials as well. Now, millennials are, are also quite educated. Like uh, Gen X is the most educated, but millennials are also very educated. And because we are accustomed to just going through courses, going through programs, understanding kind of the process for being trained, Millennials do courses reasonably well. Our attention span isn't great. We don't do it nearly as well as some of the older generations, but a course or a program is going to be really, really helpful for you. Now, if you're Gen X, pardon me, if you're Gen Z, we're looking at something very different. So Gen Z uh, are highly communal. Uh, They can handle digital community a lot better than other, other generations. And again, that's just the advantage of being digitally native. So what I would encourage you, if you're Gen Z and you're struggling with porn, I would encourage you to find an online community. So with millennials, I would say your communities could be online or in person. Uh, With Gen Z, I mean, definitely in person as well, but you're going to have a higher propensity for online groups. So there's lots of good groups. There's one in particular that I'm quite fond of called Live Free App, and they do really good work to just get people together online. So that's going to be a huge part for you. I think the other thing for Gen Z is uh, look for um, look for organizations that are really combating sexual exploitation. And the reason I say that is because I know that Gen Z really values social justice. And when you start to really dig into what's what's going on in the porn industry and some of the social injustices out there, it's pretty staggering. And I think that can be really good fuel for the freedom journey. Uh, we like to think that, you know, if we really found out how terrible the porn industry is, that we would never watch porn again. Doesn't quite work that way. But I think for Gen Z, it is a little bit different in the sense that you guys are motivated by, uh, by social justice and social movements. And I think if you became a little bit more informed on just some of the harmful effects porn is having on us as a society, it could be really eye-opening for you. So I'll post a link to the show notes um, that can maybe give you some more resources. I know one organization in particular that I think you'd find to be quite helpful. 
Um, and lastly, regardless of what generation you are, I want to just remind you that, you know, we are not defined by our generations. Generations are just a thing. Um, it, it's a man-made concept that is meant to help us sort of categorize people, make sense of people, and better understand our world. They are not meant to be divisive. They're meant to help us celebrate our diversity. So don't let them, don't, don't put big lines in the sand that say a millennial can or can't do that, Gen Z can or can't do that, all baby boomers are X certain way or whatever. Um, keep an open mind. Use these tools to better understand people, to better relate, and in this case, to better pursue freedom. And really, I uh, just encourage you, treat everybody with love, respect. Uh, if anything, hopefully this helps you understand what might be required for you to really make a difference in a particular demographic that you might be trying to target or that you might be working with uh, you know, at work or with your family or whatever else. Without further ado, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode helps you lead your life with confidence and integrity. Uh, and again, just one, one more time, if you uh, can leave a rating or review, that helps me tremendously. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.